Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Lead, guide, and direct us. Lead, guide, and direct us. And this is Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. I want to read the passage through, and then we'll go back and talk about it. But I want us to get the whole sense of what the passage is saying. Luke, I mean, Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 5, it says, So the churches were strengthened in their faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia... And when they came up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, let me ask you, how many of you would really like it if God would today give you specific instructions of exactly what you're supposed to do in some decision you're making? I mean, wouldn't you like it if God would just come down and say, Marissa, this is what you got to do. You know, Deb, this is what you got to do. And this is it. And I just really, a very clear and obvious, this is what you're supposed to do next. I feel like as believers, that's what we constantly are asking for. God would just... Oh, would you, would you tell me what to do? Would you give me your direction? And sometimes we even use these three words. God, would you lead, guide, and direct us? After you lead us, guide us, and direct us. Because leading is important, and guiding is important, and directing us is important, and they're all synonyms, aren't they? It's kind of a ridiculous thing that we say when we pray sometimes. And, and don't be offended if you've said it recently, because I've said it too. There's nothing wrong with it or insincere, but I think it does speak to our desire to know God's purpose and will for our lives. God, I need you to, to lead me. And there's this sense that Jesus knows what's best, right? He is omniscient. He knows exactly what I need, and, and he loves me. He died for me, so obviously he, he wants me to know. And so I think sometimes we come to him and go, Jesus, would you just please lead, guide, and direct me because I don't want to make a mistake or I want to make sure I do the right thing. I don't want to miss out. Have you been there? Have you been there? Would you, I just don't know quite what to do. Would you lead me? But can we be led by Jesus? Do you think that Jesus actually wants to lead you? Is that part of his plan? Or, or really did he just, are you kind of deistic and Jesus kind of wound up the earth and let it go and we're just kind of supposed to figure it out? Is that how he functions? You see, this passage we just read shows God leading a missionary team. And he's leading them very specifically. And he's very involved in what they're doing. See, in this passage, we see that Jesus directs his followers to the people that he wants them to reach. See, I want you to, to get that in your mind. Jesus actually wants to lead you 
to people that he wants you to reach, and you may already be there. He's involved. He's leading. He's taking you where he wants you to go. You see, Jesus told his followers, you know the Great Commission, you know, he said, go therefore and make disciples, baptize of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. He says, listen, you need to go and to make disciples, help people know me, help connect people to me. That's your commission. And everybody is in on this, all kinds of people, all nations. And then in Acts 1.8, it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. And you'll not just be in your backyard, but across the street and throughout town and through the region and Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, the furthest parts of the earth. Everybody is a possibility of someone that he wants us to reach. And, and let's don't forget what this amazing message is he wants us to reach people with. We sang about it this morning, that there's this... What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, there's a flow. There's a, a cure. Jesus has paid for my sin. He, he's paid my way into heaven. I didn't have a ticket. I didn't have a chance of being innocent, but Jesus paid my way. And the only, I, and the only thing preventing me from receiving that benefit is me. I have to admit that I need it. Let me ask you, did you need Jesus to die for you? Or did he just die for those other people? Do you need Jesus to die for you? See, that's the incredible news that we want to share with people. And um, we start to think, well, where do we start? Where do we do this? How do we get involved? How does, this, how does this work? And do we need to be strategic about it? I mean, today, it's kind of like people who work remote. Since COVID, a lot of people work remote. And they could literally live anywhere. And they start to think, I could live anywhere, but where? That's almost too many options. So we think of, who does, who does Jesus want me to reach? How do I think about that? How do I think strategically? Well, that's what's happening in this passage. Chapter 16, verse 5 says, So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. So here's what's happening. Let me set the context for you. Paul has just separated from Barnabas, and Paul has chosen Silas, and he's chosen Timothy, and they've gone back to encourage people that they've connected to Jesus already. So they've gone to the town of Derby, they've gone to the town of Lystra, and the town of Iconium, and that's gone really great. But then what now? Where do you want us to go from here? And that's the question that they have, and, but, under, but understand what's happening in their lives right now. They are in motion on mission. They're in motion on mission. In order to be led by Jesus, the first thing that we have to understand, we need to be in motion on mission. So many people will say, you know, Steve, I, can you just help me? I just want God to show me who I'm supposed to marry so I can be happy. God, I want you to show me what school to go to so I can get educated. I want you to show me what career I can take, what business deals that I can do in order to be wealthy or to be great. And, and sometimes we come to God with those questions. But that's really not what he's all about. See, God's not really about making you great. Are you okay with that? 
He's not really about making you awesome and wonderful and incredible and wealthy. And he, he's about bringing you on his mission. You see, the Bible is not a Ouija board. Anybody know what a Ouija board is? All you old people, young people. Well, you shouldn't be messing with it. Let me just say that from the beginning. But it was something that people do sometimes. They get in a room, they have a little seance, they start contacting spirits, which you shouldn't do. Don't play around with this stuff, seriously. But we always go, oh, I want to know, should I go out with this person? Yes. Should I take that job? No. Should I do what my dad says? No. Yes. Sometimes we just look at the Bible, God, I just want a yes or no answer. And we start reading, and we try to take different passages and often take them out of context, you know. Um, we just want God to give us an answer, but God wants something much better for us. He doesn't want you, doesn't just want to give you an answer, He wants to give you Himself. So the Bible isn't a Ouija board, the Bible is a guidebook for how to follow Jesus and to participate in his kingdom. And if all you want is a yes or no answer, if all you want to know is how to, how to achieve your own goal of greatness, the Bible might not be for you. Because the Bible is all about learning how to follow Jesus and participating in his kingdom. So if I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to be led by Jesus I need to make sure I'm on mission with Jesus, that my mission is his mission. Is that you? See, oftentimes we have trouble hearing from God because we have a different mission than him. And our goal is different than his goal for our lives. We've still got a long way to go in this message, but I want to stop right here. And would you just bow your heads and spend a little time before the Lord and ask that question? Let's bow our heads. God, is my mission your mission? Ask God to align your heart with His, to want what He wants. Oh, Father, speak to our hearts. We admit that we can get distracted. We can get off track, off course. God, help us see what you want us to see, to achieve what you want us to achieve. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, God may have just done something in your life right there. You may have just felt the sense of, oh, wait a minute, I need to shift. I need to shift how I've been thinking. I need to shift what I've been doing. If you want to be led by Jesus, he wants to lead you, but you're going to have to be in motion and on mission. And Paul, Silas, and Timothy are in motion. They're going, they're trying to see where God wants to use them, and their goal is his goal. It's to make disciples and help connect people to Jesus. So that's number one. Second, we need to understand when God leads us that his limits and callings are equally important ways that God leads us. His limits and his callings are equally important in how he leads us. God will stop us, and that's part of his directing us. 
Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, it says, So they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and they, they had come to Mys- up to Mysia, and they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Let's pull that map up, you guys. Let's, we got to look at some, some geography here. And um, this, is, this is right now currently western Turkey right here. And in those days, this was all controlled by Rome. And so here's what's happening. They started down here in Antioch, and they went up to Derby, Lystra, Iconium, and they were thinking, okay, well, let's just continue west, and let's go to the province of Asia, the region of Asia. Now, that's, Asia is just a part of the Asian continent, so in those days, that's just what that was called. And so this is just a region of Asia in what is western Turkey. And so they went, and they thought, well, obviously, we should just keep going west, and that's how God wants us to go, but it says... God stopped us. He prevented us from speaking the word in Asia. And he caused us to go around. Now, you may say, well, does God not care about Asia? And if God has stopped me from having influence in someone's life, does that mean he doesn't care about them? Well, no, because in Asia are the seven churches that are talked about in Revelation. So the message got there. They did, in fact, uh, grow some awesome churches, so much so that the book of Revelation chapters 2 and 3 is all about those seven churches. Ephesus is there, for example. Philadelphia is there. But God stops them. And so they can't go west, so they decide to go north. And it says they wanted to go up here to Bithynia, um, which is on the Black Sea. That's where um, Istanbul is. It's a very populated seacoast area. That makes sense. And let's push on up toward the continent of Asia. That's what it seems like God wants them to go. Let's don't go here, let's go there. But God stops them there too. It says the Spirit of Jesus prevented them from going there. And so what are they to make of that? Well, verse 8 says, so they, they passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. So they wind up right down here on the very edge of the continent of Asia, just across the Aegean Sea from Europe. So what do we make of this? Let me give you a couple things. One, sometimes God stops you in order to redirect you. Can't go west, southwest. Can't go northeast. Home is southeast. For them to go home would have been back this way. And so the only other direction they could take would be to go to the northwest. That's how God works in our lives sometimes. He stops you from going one direction, and that's a limit. He says, I don't need you there. And you stop and you go kind of the opposite direction. I don't need you there. And then you go in another direction and that's where he ultimately uses you and calls you. God stops us in order to send us in the direction that he wants to send us. Super important for us to realize that. They don't get up here to Bithynia and they don't just start crying out to God, God, you got to let us through. This is where we have to go. And God says, no. Have you gone up against something you just can't move? And God says, this is not where I want you. Or do you listen in that way? See, God stopped them from going into Asia. He stopped them from going in Bithynia. And it was also he could send them where he wanted to go. The trajectory was always west, and it was always toward Troas. And right across the Aegean Sea is a continent known as Europe. 
which is how the gospel pushed our way and pushed westward, which is why the gospel has been so strong moving westward for all these generations. doesn't mean that God doesn't care about other places, but this is when the gospel first came to the west. So we need to see that. We don't stop. And they didn't go home. They didn't go, well, God stopped us here. God stopped us there. I guess we should just go home. They said, we're on mission. We got to figure out if there's people God wants us to reach. So they went all the way down to Troas. So if we're going to be led by God, we have to understand that he does lead his people. Uh, we have to understand um, that we have to be on mission and in motion. And we have to know that the stops and the callings are equal ways that he leads us. So right now, are you discouraged that he stopped you? He stopped you from something. He stopped you from a job. He stopped a relationship. Uh, he stopped, uh, he called you to a different place. Just understand that God is likely shifting your focus. And he's wanting to lead you down to Troas where he's going to speak. I love this picture. So they went down to, so verse 9 says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, notice that the two no's turned into a yes. Twice they were stopped. And once they were called, if they hadn't listened, if they hadn't paid attention and said, oh, God doesn't want us here, I guess maybe he wants us over there. They would have never been in position in Troas to cross the Aegean and into Europe. So what have you done with the stops God's given you? And have you paid attention to where he might want to use you and how he might want to move you? And when they get down to Troas, there's this vision and God speaks through a vision. Let me ask you, does that make you a little uncomfortable? Well, what if this was just a bad dream? What if it was bad pizza? What if, how do we know that this was, he was listening? Well, listen, it's important. God knows how you can hear. God knows how to, how to communicate with you. These two stops led to God speak, to speaking to them. See, it's easier for us to understand a vision, isn't it? It's hard when God stops you. But when God speaks so clearly, it can be very obvious and very encouraging. And it's interesting that the vision pushes them on in the direction they were already going. They couldn't go southwest. They couldn't go northeast. They headed northwest and then west. And God's vision led them further on the direction he had already taken them. That's so common for how God works. And I know what you're thinking, but Steve, how does God really speak, honestly? I mean, because I would really like a burning bush. Wouldn't you? I mean, I would love a burning bush. I would love, but you know, if God only spoke through burning bushes, you know what he would all be doing? Every time we passed a bush, we would go, is it on fire? Please catch on fire. Is this holy ground? I don't know, but God only speaks. We would start worshiping bushes. Oh, but God's much more powerful than that. See, God's able to speak to you so you understand. Some of the ways he speaks is through stopping us. 
Some of the ways he speaks is through calling us. As we often say here in, at First Baptist Del Rey is God speaks really kind of four ways. One is in his word. He wrote a whole book to us. The best way to be clear about how God wants us to live is to read his book. Read his word. God, I want to understand how you want to lead me. 90% of what you need to know is in his word. If we live by his word and our mission is his mission, it'll make a lot more sense what he's calling us to do. Secondly, God speaks through his people, through his church. That's why relationships are so important. That's why knowing people who are also following Jesus, who are fitting into his plan, who are reading his word, God speaks through his people. And God also speaks through prayer. When you pray, do you give time for him to speak? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life? So God will never refute his word in prayer, but he will often put direction and specifics in our lives through prayer. This is how I want you to live. Do I pause long enough to hear him speak to me as I pray? And fourth, he does speak through circumstance. I always urge people never just assume that circumstance means that that's what God wants you to do, right? Well, it's an open door. Yeah, but it leads off a cliff. Or, yeah, but that open door leads you against the principles of Scripture. That's not the way God wants you to go. But he does speak through circumstances. He does allow us to have opportunity. He does speak through visions. He does speak through angels. He does speak through all kinds of ways, including in the Old Testament through a donkey, which is really encouraged for us pastors. The point is he knows how to speak to you. He knows how to speak so that you understand. He speaks your language. Do you believe that God can speak to you? Do you believe that God can lead you? Are you on mission with him? See, that's where this is all about. How do I know how to follow Jesus? That's what it's all about. In order for God to lead me, I need to be on motion, on mission. I need to be constantly figuring out, God, how can I help connect more people to Jesus. When I'm considering a job, God, how can that help me connect other people to Jesus? When I'm thinking about a relationship, is that going to draw me closer to you or further away from you? Am I going to have more influence or less influence? God, how can I achieve your goal? That's how you make decisions. It's not, is this going to make me great? Is it going to make you great, Jesus? See, every decision needs to be made in light of his mission. If you're making decisions to build your own brand, you're going to have trouble receiving God's direction. God, I want to make you great. Suddenly things became a lot, become a lot clearer. We need to recognize that limits, in fact, are ways that God speaks in the same way that callings are. Yes, shockingly, country music star Garth Brooks' song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers, is actually pretty good theology. Aren't you grateful for the things that God didn't give you that you asked for? There's a lot of places I'm glad I'm not at. I'm grateful that God led us, took care of us, stopped us, started us, moved us. 
That's the kind of a God that he is. Don't get discouraged if you're stopped. Just consider where else God wants to move you. Who else he wants you to focus on? How does he want to lead you? Where does he want you to go? The stops are every bit as much of the calling as a vision is. Rejoice at what God has kept from you. The job you didn't get, the person you didn't marry, the trip you didn't get to go on, the honor you didn't get, because God is working through all those things to lead you to be where he wants you to be, to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. And third, remember that he can speak to you. He knows your language. You don't need a burning bush. You just need to listen. What about you? Is God leading you today? Are you facing a big decision? Are you wanting to hear from God about something very specifically? I want to urge you. Make his mission your mission. Be ready for him to say no. And recognize that as that's his gracious and best for you. And know that he can and will lead you. Trust him. Don't worry about the provision. How's this going to work? How's it going to happen? But God, I'm trusting you that you're going to provide for me to do what you want me to do. You know, as they crossed the Aegean Sea, as we'll see as they follow in Acts, it didn't mean that their lives were easy. Actually, Paul and Silas wind up in jail pretty soon. But they were able to reach a continent. And the gospel got planted in the churches of Greece. And Paul preaches in Athens and Corinth. And amazing things happen. Jesus wants to lead you to the people he wants you to reach. Think about that. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, well, congratulations for living a good life. Congratulations on your family. Congratulations on your career. And I want God to say to me, thank you for reaching that one person. Because through that one person, I reached all these other people. Way to go, you listened to me. And you took my no seriously. And you went on to the next thing that I wanted you to do. You didn't sit there at the door and cry about how I didn't let you in that door. Rather, you went to the next place I was leading you. See, our goal, our goal is to connect people to Jesus. And our goal is to populate heaven. And then when we stand before Jesus, we can meet a lot of people that he reached through something that maybe even very small that he had us do. Isn't it amazing that he wants to use you? Sometimes it's just as small a thing as being a blessing to someone nearby and being faithful to let God lead you. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out